0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Saturday Night Podcast. We're heading to a big weekend of action in the Ulster Club Championship, We have two Armagh teams taking on two Tyrone teams. It's Pomeroy taking on Cullihanna in and first game on track against Crossmaglen in the second. Both games in Oma on Saturday night. So we've a lot of interviews and a lot of guests on today to discuss these games. Live with me here is Paul Herdy and Paddy McRae, and we're also going to hear from the Tyrone side with Sean Kavanagh and Pascal Canavan. So boys, I suppose we'll talk about the the Colyhan and Bremray game first, um, as it's it's the first game of the double header. Um, probably a lot of excitement. I'm I'm assuming in in getting into the competition for the first time since 2008. Uh,
1: yeah, obviously, yeah. So it's been a long time since uh, we've been at this stage of an Ulster competition. You know, t- as you mentioned, 2008, and we didn't exactly cover ourselves in glory that year. So, um, but the boys winning this year, uh, it's brought an awful lot of excitement to the area. Uh, they're looking forward to it and uh, we're expecting a big game out of them on Saturday and we're hoping for a good result
0: And Paul, I suppose the Ulster Club Championship, it seems to be for players, it seems to be a lot of people's favourite um, Championship w- what is it about the Ulster Club that, that everybody seems to enjoy so much because I know having spoke to a few players um, at the Ulster Club launch a couple of weeks ago like every- everybody just loves being part of this Ulster Club Championship
2: Yeah, I, I suppose from personal experience You've gone through your county, but there, there seems to be a lot more pressure and responsibility, and everybody knows each other inside out in the in the club teams in your own in your own county. And uh, I think once you once you get through that and you've won your championship, and the, sort of the pressure comes off a wee bit, you sort of you maybe you relax into it a certain extent. But I think it's a case of over the years where you, you sort of throw the shackles off a wee bit, and you try to express yourself a wee bit more, and you, you maybe have a wee bit more freedom. To, to express yourself in how you play the game, and uh, I think I think it's just where you raise the bar is raised obviously because you're you're playing the county the respective county championships of, of every county, and you really want to you know go toe to toe with these guys, and there's a wee bit more exposure and all the papers is all over it and social media is all over it and, it and it can be live on telly like the games on Saturday evening, so you know I think as players it, you know the pressure's off and you just really want to go out there and perform to your best ability and with with the pressure not as much maybe in in your county championship that, that changed through in the Ulster club series
0: I suppose coming up against new teams Paul and facing opposition from different counties that you probably have never played before and you probably don't know a whole pile about and we'll get on to Cross and Trelick now um, in our next segment but like, there's no recent history there, no recent history between Ryan and Cullihanna so it's maybe a bit of a guessing game going into these games Exactly,
2: you know, you go against these teams and you don't have as much maybe footage of them or stats and everything that a lot of management would go to look at and well, you know everybody inside out in your own county and you know when you're playing each other in your own county so often you have that wee bit of maybe for the want of a better word hatred for them or a bit of you know aggression towards them or you know things like that there where you go you, you, it's a clean slate when you're going outside the county so to speak But uh you know, it's a great it's a great way to go forward, and just to go and play your your natural game. You know, pit yourself against their better players, and go toe to toe with them, and and try and come out and up. just win your battle as you go out in the field. And I think a lot of players respond to that there
0: the an aggression party it, it's still Armand Throne here on Saturday night so there's plenty of club players county players, sorry, on all four teams so while there might be that unfamiliar territory there's still that wee bit of a, a rivalry maybe with Armand Throne Yeah,
1: I've, absolutely, uh, there is that rivalry there it's going to exist, it uh, has done in the past and it will do in the future um, and in fairness, uh, in this Ulster Intermediate Competition like Throne team's helping leading the way uh, in the last 10 years you know, they've been finalists in the 6 of the last 10 years they have that wee bit of history that our MAD teams don't um, and that's what this Cullihanna team is going to go out and try and make a difference and change that start moving forward uh, I don't think any of our MAD teams really in the last few years have really pushed on at this level uh, and that's what our um, challenge is now at the weekend uh, obviously there's boys that are familiar with each other I know Aidan Eugene and Cain McGarry they played together back in Samiris uh, whenever they won the Sigurdsson back in 2016 or 17. They're good and friendly with each other. I'm sure there are a few text messages during the week, uh, and obviously with the RMI contingent that we have and with the throne contingent that they have, like they know each other, know each other well, and I'm sure they've been chatting to each other after games and whatnot. But all that we put to one side, then come Saturday evening, whenever they go head head on head-to-head uh, out in the field, you know.
0: And that, that county contingent, I suppose the the Cullyhanna county contingent, Paul, <laughs> um, we know them fairly well and all attacking threats and we've seen them throughout the championship um, Aidan Eugen finished the intermediate championship I think with 531 he was the top scorer and then you have Ross McEwen chipping in with goals and points Jason Duffy as well like that's th- the three armor players are so important to Cully and such a big threat going forward
2: Yeah certainly are you know the three quality forwards have a load of experience at county level you know they've been the They've been playing with AMA this good few years and they've just seemed to bring that into Kulihana's play this year. And, you know, you'd really like to think that with that sort of attack and prowess that they have, that they could really, you know, Paulie mentioned that, and I know Amaha team has really embraced the Ulster Club at the intermediate level in these last few years. I think Kulihana is in the position this year to push on, you know, embrace this competition and, and try and really go for the jugular on it. Because to have a chance... To maybe you know get, get to a, a semi final and on to a final, and why not with the players you mentioned, Aidan and you know the McQuillans and, and Nugent, and these boys. You know be, the the other team would be scared of the life of these boys coming attacking at them. You know who do you pick up the matchups? You know you have to put your best defender on Aidan Nugent, and then who do you pick up? You know Ross McQuillan and you know it'd be a, j- a jumble for them. So you know I think Han are, are in a really good position. To, to go and express themselves in this tournament and, and maybe do something that no Armagh team has done
0: in recent history. I think that's, that's a, a good point, Paul, because um, Pauly, sort of speaking to you, Offer, before we start this, you, you were saying about how much you've put into t- 2008 just to win the Intermediate Championship, while well, well this year, these were all of us favourites and I've no doubt you wouldn't have took your eye or underestimated um, any teams that just come up against Armagh but I know myself on the podcast a couple of times referring to, you know, this colleague on the team going to win Armagh on right crack at Ulster so there's maybe a change of mentality from the side you were involved in
1: 2008 Yeah, 100% would agree with that um, In 2008, whenever we got across the lane and we won Armagh um, we had been knocking at the door for two or three years I think maybe White Cross had beat us the previous year there was a bit of a sm- shimajal against the bridge the year before that uh, they got the better of us uh, so it was three or four years in the making that last uh, intermediate win for Kaliana. And we were sort of just more relieved to get over the line. Some of us, to be honest, probably didn't even know that there was a competition after Dharma. We were just so relieved to win it. Um, and we didn't perform. Like Greenlock from Derry beat us that year. To be honest, I don't think that they were that long in intermediate level altogether. Um, they went on to actually contest the intermediate final that year against Trillick. They were beaten by a pint that year. Uh, crosses opposition this weekend. Um, but we probably weren't ready for that competition at that stage whereas this year with our current team they definitely are ready for the competition this year, they would have been ending this up at the start of the year You know, they wanted to do the double, uh, they wanted to win the league and they wanted to win the championship now the league didn't necessarily go to plan but maybe not winning the league was maybe a blessing in disguise because it was their only route then to win the championship to get back up to senior football uh, and the sort of this with both hands and they really went at it and just been so dominant in that competition this year and this is the next step then to push on and then see how to get on against teams from all parts of Ulster. so uh, we're in a good place and we're looking forward to the match on saturday
0: we spoke about their county men but they have a county coach on the line as well paul he'd have been care mckeever obviously but in, uh, i'm assuming he was captain maybe when you were with Armagh. and um, geezer would have been just retired but you'd obviously played when you shared a changing room with them What's what's Kieran McIver's influence like in the changing room? And obviously he's, he's come on to be a, a great coach with Armagh as well. So I suppose tell us a bit about what his influence will be in the changing room. Yeah, Kieran, you know he was he was a hell of a player when went back in my time and his time when we were playing
2: back in the noughties and probably early early teens. But uh, no, he's a good he's a great influence in the in the change room. He's he's driven. He's a good marker uh, as a player. And, uh, you can just see that influence coming through into his coaching. He was always into his coaching, even you know back then he was always taking tips off the likes of Geyser and you know Big Joe and Paddy Rock and and Paul Grimley and all the boys that's come through. And now he's up with helping out Geyser and Kieran Donaghy and the boys. So you can just see that Kieran he's steadily progressed and listening to the people above him. And now you know he's in there in the Hannah change room, and I'm sure he has the boys sitting there at the palm of his hand because he'd be a really good motivator. Man motivator, he'd be having quiet words in lads' ears, telling them what he wants from them, what he expects from them, and they can expect the same this weekend coming into the game. You know, there's no baggage this weekend, as I was saying earlier, no sort of hatred towards that position, but he can guarantee that Ciaran will have something up his sleeve to, you know, to drive these boys on to, to get them over the line and to, to really push for this tournament and uh, have a good performance on Saturday evening.
0: And obviously, Ciaran is the coach, um, Potty, but Stephen Real, the monitor, Monarchy Mackin's involved as well like Stephen I think went straight into management once he quit playing and it was a co- tough couple of years for him there with boys away and obviously the county men and all but um, I'm sure he was relieved to get over the line and now head into the Ulster Championship as manager
1: yeah absolutely like listen you have to give Stephen credit like you know he's getting his just rewards this year with uh, getting the intermediate title but he had a long hard slog there for three or four years whenever we were sort of at the tail end of the senior championship um, as we were saying off-air, like last year, we were playing McNabb, they beat us in the senior championship. It was knockout, it was one game, you train all year for one game. Um, we were beaten, but I think a telling point was that Stephen didn't make any substitutes. So we didn't have the panel last year, and we didn't have the numbers in past previous years to compete at senior level, really, if we were honest with ourselves. Like we need every one of our men back and playing and training consistently. And you can see the lift that the likes of... Here in is brought back in. Tony Donnelly wasn't allowed to play last year. He was sort of like cup tied from playing in America. Um, then you have Pierce Casey back performing. We didn't have Sean Connell playing last year. Maybe six or seven boys that are playing uh, on the current fifteen, you know, weren't available to Stephen. You know, last year or the year before. So. Um, in fairness to him, he's stuck at it. Uh, he's worked hard. He's got a good backroom team in there with Malachi Mack and then Sean Nugent and Francie Nugent and all them guys that are helping out with Kieran and his training whenever Kieran's not there. Um, and Stephen, in fairness to him, has stuck to his task manfully. And I'm just delighted for him that he got the win this year, you know, because I think he deserved it to be fair to him.
0: I think, I think probably for Cully perspective, Polly, if there's one fear, it's maybe that they're slightly undercooked because maybe come through Armagh. Easier than than somewhat expected. The Oaks gave them a good run for their money in the semi-final, but outside of that, they were they were way ahead of everybody. So it's it's maybe a difficult judge for them that you know they're taking so games so easy in Armagh, but coming in your face and throwing champions, and they're both tied for favourites for Ulster. I think so. It's going to be a different test.
1: Oh yeah, completely different test. Like you know, as we went through the group stages, like they were winning games easily. Like the through the group stages, like they were winning games by an average of thirteen points. Then we said that we're gonna get the first real test then after the group stages, but then to beat Derry News by 19 then in the quarter final. But then the first real big test or test did come then in the final against Pierce Oaks. They won that game by five points. Realistically it could have been a different story if the Oaks had took maybe one or two other chances at the start of the second half. They got through that game. It was a tough game, they won by five, and then it was all set up then that St. Paul's final then was gonna be their biggest test of the year and in fairness you know it was a close game for the first 20 minutes in the final it was four apiece at that stage and then they got the first goal whenever Eden intercepted that short kick out Give it to Shea Shea got the first goal and then they really pushed on and ended up winning the final by 22 points they can only really beat what's put in front of them and they've passed every test with flying colours so far so I don't really think we can sort of hold that against that uh, to them in fairness but Saturday will be a big test and time will tell then if they're fit to pass this test come Saturday but fingers crossed they will
0: so I'd mentioned earlier we got an interview um, during the week with Sean Cavanagh, he obviously his my team took on Premier in the throne Final. so um, as much as we were saying Culleyhanna maybe don't know a lot about, about Premier, we certainly don't know a whole pile about them, but Sean Cavanagh does, so Sean, um, we'll hear from Sean now and he'll give us an insight into what Hannah will be facing. So Sean, thanks very much for coming on, um, we're looking ahead to this Culleyhanna and Premier game and having played Pumray a couple of weeks ago now. Um, you perfect man to give us an insight into what they're about, how they're s- they set up. So, I suppose give us a bit of an insight into them. How how are how good are they?
3: I ah, look, a, a tough nut to crack is the best way I can put it. And and obviously with with top class players as well. And and uh, interestingly, and um, we have lads here working for us that play for both. From Rory and Colyhana, so y- I I kind of get to hear both sides of the story, it's a bit quiet after the, the, the week from Roy beat us ourselves <laughs> in here. But um, you you're dealing with two teams that obviously have pedigree uh, and also have. Uh star quality when you, when you think of uh, obviously the, the, the county lads that Culley have and then you think of the likes of Burns and, and McGeary with, with Roy. You, you have some of the best players in the country playing at county level but they're I know Roy are backbone by an incredible defensive system as well and they're probably a little bit different in that sense where you have Culley most of their sort of players or most of their big players will be attacking sort of t- type players whilst Pomeroy have the the Burns McGarry who will roam everywhere and typically are probably more defensive minded than, than anything and that kind of, they become the, the fulcrum of, of that sort of strong defensive unit that they have and I know the night we played them, we, we probably forced a few shots and we probably <laughs> kicked a lot of wides and and sort of shorts and, and maybe kicked ourselves out of it to some extent but a lot of that is down to the pressure that was on us because they, 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 they have a very defensive solid unit and particularly in winter football the night we played them was, was difficult conditions sort of driving wind and rain and um, it it led to whenever there was a a 50-50 ball or whenever there's a big hit to be made, um, Pomeroy weren't found wanting, and, and that's where they'll relish and and sort of having the opportunity to get probably stuck into a, a Colyhanah team that have been shooting the lights out all year in Armagh from what together.
0: Yeah, well that's that's the big thing about Colyhanah is the scores they're really putting up, and I think the average maybe 219 in the championship, and um, that was across six games. So. This could be a clash of styles, Cullihanna want to they want to shoot the lights out, but from Rye, they're going to try to keep the score down.
3: Yeah, and look, we played from Rye twice in the past probably two months, obviously, in the championship final, and then we played them in a league game as well up in from Rye, and, and both both games, we, we felt a lot of our strength was our attack as well. We have some fairly handy attackers playing first a minute that had county experience as well. And Primari were very very good at chopping, shutting, shutting us down. I have to say that that was their strength so i 've no doubt they will look at Cullihanna and they 'll say we we've we 've done this before we've we 've shut down big players obviously they 've been fairly competitive at, at all levels in Tyrone the last couple of years and, and they probably only really get relegated because they have the county lads and in Tyrone you have the, you have to play obviously without the county lads for a large portion of your league which means they probably lost five or six games and, and it's, it's difficult enough to stay up in Tyrone without losing five or six games without your county lads so they'll, they'll believe they're, they're, they're a senior side and they are now and they'll also believe they'll have met the calibre of forwards that Cully has has thrown at them because they've they've, they've met the Canavans they have that have met um, a lot of the sort of top thrown forwards in the last number of years and and they've dealt with them like uh, most of the Munroy games that they've played in the last couple of years, they don't they don't tend to concede very much so they they are stingy at the back and that night we played them up in Oma. I know conditions led to probably a a little part of it, but we only got six scores, and that's ultimately why we lost. But we lost because one, we weren't executing well on the night, and two, they put us under uh, an an intense pressure. So yeah, I think Cullihanna probably won't have come across a team like it in terms of their ability to defend collectively. And they are, they make life very difficult because they play a transition very well and they've got the the players they need to play the transition as well they're very sort of powerful mobile players in midfield, one of them works for me here, glad Ronan Duffin uh, sort of young up and coming throne player so lad Loughan as well Ryan Loughan plays midfield for them he's 6'4 <laughs> and sort of built like Jonah Lomo and in terms of a rugby sort of player, very strong lad so they, they, whenever you have four or five players that are incredibly tough physically and can play that transition game and you've got a, a game plan that's built around that and you've got a solid defensive unit it, it, it means they're, 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 they're going to be tough to break down I can tell you that.
0: I suppose the way you describe Pomeroy there in terms of getting relegated because they were missing the county man, it's just the exact same situation in Armagh with Cully missing the county men and then missing a few boys with emigration and stuff. But those are full hand back now from Ray obviously the same. So both teams may be coming into this year thinking they could give Ulster a right rattle and going by the boogies are the two favourites for Ulster, so one of them's gonna be gone.
3: Totally and, and, and that's like we, we, we obviously as a club we, we come through the intermediate piece a few years ago and won the All ireland and it was an amazing run. Um great great pride and joy out of that and probably one of the sort of proudest moments of my career sort of standing in croke park with my club and um we i know that year we got stronger obviously because we had myself and maybe column in the county at that stage possibly harry loughran as well and the more obviously you get playing we are county players the more you get a sort of settled team um, because uh, historically it's probably difficult to try and sort of marry in the county players and the club players and, and now because of the split season the, these guys, Cullyhan and from Rye are getting their sort of six or seven games of a bit of a run and training together with the club and, and obviously are knitting together sort of patterns and, and, and ways of playing that, that, that is getting the best out of the county players playing with the club because that, 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 that had been a sort of Achilles heel of, of our club for quite some time so you're dealing with two teams that are going to be much stronger than what historically they have been, and possibly us down to the run they put, and then the split season has allowed them to sort of knit their county players back into the club fold. And you're seeing the the results.
0: And just on Ray, obviously the big names and um, the McGeary's and, and Frank Burns, and just gathering from our, our conversation, offer and um, probably Hugh Pat McGeary is going to be on Aidan Nugent. I would imagine that's going to be the matchup, but. In terms of Frank Burns and Kieran McGeary, um, they, they seem to play a more freer role, so what, what way, We cully obviously man-mark them and try to tie them down, but I suppose tell us a bit about how Burns and McGeary play and how difficult it's going to be to tie them down.
3: Yeah, look, it's one of these things, and, and like we probably our ourselves thought we'll tie these guys down, and those guys are used to getting mad-marked every game, A bit probably a bit like Nugent or McQuillan. Are these guys with Cullyhanna. These type of players playing in club games know they're going to get man-marked and and the guys around them also know they're going to get man-marked. I suppose the difficulty you always have is trying to get someone physically to stay with the likes of Frank and Kieran for a prolonged period and, and also... You, you then break your pattern of play by sending someone after them all the time because they will roam everywhere, and they uh, they actually they have a lot of sort of football intelligence as well. So if you send somebody after them, surely you might find that that'll that they'll open the door for someone else to break through and and hurt you defensively or something. So they, they're 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 two very free. Um, freestyle sort of players that you could find them anywhere from sort of 2 to 15 on a sort of traditional uh, team team pattern and with that they're very game aware and the, the players around them are very game aware to know when to bring them into the game and, and sometimes that'll mean the ball will get run to them and it'll be handed to them and it gives them a kind of one-on-one on one or an opportunity to go at their man and break a line and they're obviously very good at that so It's not as easy um, trying to shut them down sometimes, even as it would be maybe the likes of Mnuchin might typically stay in an inside forward position, and it's probably easier to take out because you you know roughly where he's gonna operate in the pitch, and and you'll be able to get, they'll they'll be getting numbers, from where I look at just getting numbers and smothering that. Frank and Ciaran could be taking the ball out of their own full back line, and (laughs) you then decide how much you compromise those players to sort of man-mark those guys, um, but the rest of the Primarie lads know that they're going to get shut down and they'll always adjust their their sort of game plan accordingly, so it's definitely much easier said than done trying to shut them down.
0: And on Primarie, we're obviously talking about them as a good defensive unit and they're going to try to shut Cullihanna down and even Burns and the two McGeary's are more defensive-minded players perhaps, but... Just looking at a few of their scores throughout the championship, I think the final was the only game they didn't get a goal in, and a couple of games, you know, scoring 2-12 and that. So while they're defensively solid, obviously, to win a championship, you have to get the scores at the other end too. So I suppose, how how are they up front? Uh, how, how difficult is Cully Hanna going to find their forwards?
3: See, d- and why why they're difficult to shut down is they, they don't... Like, we played Clono in the semi and and we... We had a fair idea, Clonelagh had two or three sort of county panellists, and Conor Michalisky and uh, Danny McNulty, and um, th- th- those guys were a bit like the Nugents and these guys who were um, possibly McQuillan to some extent, whereby they kind of operated from midfield up, and, and, and we were able to get sort of numbers around them, get hands on them, and, and, and somewhat make sure they were nullified from from, from taking a control of the game. Um, have, have strengths all over the place uh, uh, as in they're, they're, they're a little bit if you've watched Derry this year playing at county level some of their greatest strengths were coming from maybe McCluskey at cornerback or Doherty at wingback or Rodgers at midfield so they've actually defenders and defensively minded players that are more more threatening than some of the, even their sort of out and out forwards and that's where the lad campbell at wing forward he'll drop back and he's p- very very pacey he'll pick up a lot of ball he got a really good goal in their semi-final against derry lahan he's a big threat lad ronan duffin there he gets freeze he can hit from play as well i think he's got man match in a couple of games today he's a serious player lahar and always chip in for t- two or three points and then the, the guys coming from the defence, which includes your McGeary's and Burns's and Brendan Burns, who's Frank's brother. So they have a lot, of, a lot of players that can hurt you from deep, and that's what makes it difficult to stop, because they're very good at playing that sort of transition-type game, and it, it just means you can't set up to stop one or two of them. There, there could be a wave of six of them that it could equally chip in on the scoreboard, and they did that. Um, against ourselves and I watched them against Derry Lahan and they did the same so they, they have developed a bit of a pattern of scoring 12, 13, 14 scores a game which usually includes goals and it's not coming from one or two candidates it's coming from five or six which can be hard to play against.
0: And who do you see coming out in top Sean because obviously as we mentioned the two teams are favourites for Ulster so whoever we see we could possibly see those the champions coming out of home on Saturday night so who do you see coming out on top?
3: Uh, look I, I know it's always easy for me to sort of say the drone team and I know look Culley Hanna, I have plenty of connections with Culley Hanna, and there's a couple of lads work for me that are there as well and, and I know the Mackins and those guys as well and the Kievers and um- Ma- does say from Rye says that Culley Hanna won't have come across a team that can shut you down as as much as Pomeroy can do and I know sometimes it can be like a false dawn where you can think yeah you know what we've, we know how to stop a blanket defence but um, Pomeroy executed blanket defence much stronger than, than most teams that I've come across and definitely they were the strongest defensive team in, in Division 2 in Tyrone this year and that included ourselves, Clanoe, uh, Derry-Lahan some, some like, uh, there were probably four or five teams that would consider themselves senior teams in Intermediate this year in Tyrone. so it was a very competitive Intermediate and they definitely were the strongest defensively so it's, it's going to be an intriguing battle but um, yeah look uh, m- my gut probably says this time of year if there is a bit of wind and rain it'll suit primari and it could make life very difficult for, for, for Cullihanna to get a foothold into the game and play that sort of forward type football that they probably want to play had the game maybe been played in June or July I might be saying Cullihanna but just for the, for the time of the year it we're playing and the conditions that are likely to be played in I think Bromarie might age it
0: and do you fancy a throne double with Trellick mm-hmm. as well getting over Cross or how do you see it Palm now? <laughs> it's
3: a trickier one like a, I'd, I'd say on paper Cross are probably the stronger looking like Trillac kind of come from nowhere if you had to say it to someone said, said to me two months ago that Trillac would come out of Tyrone you wouldn't have believed it you know Aidan Dark nearly nipped him I watched that game they played up in Carrick and Aidan Dark only for Niall Morgan's kind of slipping when he's kicking it and again, like Dark went intermediate last year in Tyrone so Tyrone has that sort of uh, enigma that 10 or 12 teams can always win in senior and, and Trillac had to ride their luck through the Tyrone Championship I mean, there'll still be a, a, a very strong force to, to be reckoned with but you, you would imagine on paper with the sort of quality that, that Cross have, I would imagine Cross would see themselves as, as favoured to come through that one. But Trillick's been written off and none and, and more so than in the final. They were they were obviously against a very favoured Ergel team and, and they come through that and, and they were there were five, six points a better team that day. So you write them off at your peril, but on paper it looks like Cross have a stronger one in on that sense.
0: So on to the second game then um with Cross Milan on Trillick. Another one to really look forward to here and another crack at Ulster, Paul, which I know Cross was very disappointed last year out here against Bally Bay um, a Black Yard. Just before half-time sort of disrupted their momentum because they got a good ring, got a good goal and they were leading before that. So I know for the past 12 months this has really been hitting hard and it's a, it's a chance to redeem their, themselves come Saturday night now.
2: Yeah, without a shot of a doubt. I think uh, the Battle Bay game last year is something that doesn't rest easy with us, you know. <clears throat> I know the, probably the game last year, the first we got a black card, as you mentioned, and uh, they sort of went on a bit of a scoring spree and scored a 1-7 no play, which sort of won the game with them in the first time in the second half, and then we sort of really couldn't claw them back. But uh, as you say, it's something that doesn't rest easy with the players. Uh, you know, we, we thought we were... We were in a better place than that, and we we were going to make a better account of ourselves, but it wasn't to be. So it's been twelve months in the making to get back to where we are now. Uh, new management stepped in, but with, with Andy Cunningham and Andy Callan and Steve Morgan there, and and Jim McConville, you know, they've 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 soldiered on, and as you say, all year been out without the county players, and you know, done done reasonably well in the league. Got got everybody got football, you know, we tested the panel. The whole way through, and all the young guys got got plenty of minutes, and uh, he's he's rotated the panel fairly well. So then, you know, it's about getting the boys in, in the proper shape to come back when the county boys come back in. That that everybody's ready to go and ready to go for the championship. So, uh, you know, we, Dan, he's done a good job so far. He's uh, probably changed the sort of state of play to a certain extent. But uh, you know, as P- Paulie says, we've come under a bit of pressure, but we've passed every test in, fr- in front of us. Came a few hairy moments during the season, all right. Uh, probably the Harps game was was uh, was the toughest test where we were stuck and uh, stuck to the pin of our collar, and it went to extra time. But uh, the boys, the boys done well, came through it, and we find ourselves now where we want to be.
0: And I think a big thing about that Paul is maybe their bench as well, crosses bench. You know, you'd mentioned about everybody getting football during the league. And then we've seen here in the county final, for Fitzpatrick coming on and getting a goal and a point after being introduced to Javarn O'Neill now, getting his first crack at senior football. And he, he was mad looking to score against Clowns. He just couldn't get the, in the right position. But seeing plenty of balls, won a, I think he won a free as well, a scoreable free. So having that bench and just having that firepower, again, we were talking about Cully but having that uh, firepower off the bench is a big thing for Cross. Yeah,
2: we I mean, have seemed seem to have plenty of firepower starting as well like you know we, we're, we're blessed with forwards at the moment and then you bring in the dad Ronan Fitzpatrick and you know Daniel uh, Daniel Comiskey as well and Harry Comiskey and you know you've mentioned uh, Aaron O'Neill coming into the fold as well one of the uh, other O'Neill brothers so we're blessed we're blessed in that department in a minute so they're coming on they're mad for football you know you have to give it to them they've come into the panel them boys the young fellas and uh you know, when they come on they're making an impact they're making a difference and that's what you want from your sort of fringe players or players who are just coming on as substitutes but they're, they're also very young and you have to maybe you know bide their time as well Ronan probably a bit more experience obviously than Aaron but uh, you know they'll come and they're getting they're getting uh, experience every day to go out and more minutes on their belt and they've great attitude and they're just mad for football and they want to get in and they want to be on the end of the uh, moves and, and try and get as many scores as possible because they're mad hungry for football and it's great to see
0: and scores um, you just spoke about Cully Hannes, firepower par the end. the two O'Neill's a McConville jump right off the page but you have the likes of Jamie Clark now back after a couple of years um, Calum Comiskey can come up and kick a pound Aaron Kiernan Stephen Morrison midfield scored a couple Paul Hughes in the final as well so Cross. This seem to just have scoring power coming from everywhere. If you can tie down Kean, Jamie Clark will step up. If you tie them two down, one of O'Neills will step up. So it's very hard to get it right against cross.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like if you even look at the county final, you probably would have said that you know O'Shane and Ryan were probably you know nearly quieter in the county final than they had been in previous rounds. And you'd be sort of if you were coming from a Clan-A-Gale sort of angle, you'd be thinking right, if we can keep these three boys quiet, that will go a long way to helping us you know get a good result in this game. They kept them relatively quiet. I know rain sort of dropped back a wee bit, maybe more defensive duties than, than normal, but to just have an array of forwards and not even forwards, boys coming from defensive roles, you know, attacking over overlapping. I think Rico even kicked the point in him from full back. Like so they've got scores from all over the field, very hard to defend against and you might keep one or two or maybe three of their scoring targets maybe quiet on any given day. But then whenever you've got two or three other boys stepping up, it's very, very hard to defend against
0: but there's, there's going to be two important players missing here Paul as well with James Morgan on the cross side obviously hasn't played um at all for cross this year and Molly Donnelly from Trellick as well who's hugely influential for Tyrone on Trellick down through the years so both of them players possibly could have been marking each other had they been available so two big misses for both teams
2: yeah, two hugely influential players. Yeah, Mally Donnelly, you know, a couple of all-stars on his belt. James Morgan, hugely experienced player, been on the last All-Aaron winning team and that there. And, you know, you feel very disappointed for them players. You know, they've been soldiering on and at this end of their career, they'd love to be playing at this stage with their club. You know, Manny Donnelly, fantastic footballer. And as you say, James as well. But it would have been uh, worth entrance for you alone, so them two to go toe-to-toe against each other. But uh, unfortunately not to be. But, uh, you know, James has been unfortunate with injuries this last wee while. He's probably had surgery on his foot on his hand and stuff. And he's 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 back on his feet now. I think it shouldn't be too long until he's he's back, uh, probably on the field. But it's just, uh, it's not his season at this stage. But, uh, you know, it is It's very disappointing for them guys. But, like like they're saying, Manny Donny has probably been out of every training session there, urging his boys on. James is down there in the change room as often as he can be as well. You know, encouraging the boys and you know, probably just wishing he could be there, just to get a wee taste of the atmosphere and that there. And it is disappointing for them, but uh, we'd have to soldier on without them.
0: And, Paddy, um we spoke about Anthony Cunningham and his job with Cross this year. Obviously, the Trillick boss, Jodie Gormley, um, he was a culley manager 10 years ago and come up against Cross that year as well in the county finals. So, I suppose, give us a, an insight into Jodie Gormley, what's, what's his managerial style.
1: Well, Jody, I suppose his records speak for itself. Um, Jody, whenever he first, in his first year in the Abbey, he, you know, went in his first year and won a McCrory Cup and a Hogan Cup in his first year in there. Like that just in itself tells you what he's about uh, and haven't done it since. Um, then he was with us then, as I said, then in 2013, um, took us to our first ever senior county final. Um, as we were talking earlier um, we probably got across by McNabb in the semi-final and nearly fell into the final sort of be known to ourselves uh, we were getting well beat at half time in the semi-final uh, got to the final uh, came up against Cross and I think maybe just the occasion maybe got to us a wee bit uh, we didn't perform and Cross sort of done what they're usual you know once they sort of sniffed the smell of blood at all just pushed on and ended up beating us by eight uh, in the end but Jody's a good manager you know he'll have them boys well drilled he'll find some sort of angle you know in the final against Ergil uh, Cairn He felt his team Was disrespected That everybody was Talking about Ergil And talking about Ergil For Ulster uh, And then he would have Used that as motivation For his players Like there was nobody Mentioned Trillick Trillick were coming in Sort of under the radar A wee bit uh, And he felt his team Was disrespected It's his home club Whenever you're involved With your home club You know you've that wee bit More of impetus To do well um, He'll find some sort of Angle uh, to get them boys going again and they shouldn't need any angle you know first round of Ulster against a cross-playing team with all their and history you know they shouldn't need any motivation but if there is an extra that needs to be found jody will find it
0: I'm not, I'm not sure if it makes any difference Paul but we spoke about Tarun, or, um, cross-playing Ballybay last year and waiting 12 months to, one to get back at this Trellick maybe come out of nowhere to win mm. the Throne Championship so Maybe I'm not sure. Will they be taking it as bonus territory, or are they saying this is a shot till we've completed one box? Let's give this our best go as well and maybe upset the odds. Yeah, listen. If you're in,
2: in trillic's shoes, you're you're laughing. You know, as as Poddy said, you're probably very disrespectful to uh, Trulock going into the final. Everybody was talking about. Erigel Cairn and, and how far people thought they could go, but uh, you know, Trellick Tr- 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 is a well-seasoned team. They've been in and around semi-finals and finals and thrones last five or six years. You know, they've they've been there or thereabouts every year. Or so, you know, I'd say they were rubbing the hands. Everybody talking about Erigel Cairn and and Jody Jody Gormley laughing. He could stuff up on the wall, this that and the other, and he, the boy, boys motivated up to the high health. But you have to hand it to them. They went toe to toe with Erigel. You know they've done a great job on them. Uh, curtail the Canavan's. You know Richie Donnelly had a had a f- fantastic game. Young Donnelly at the back had a great job on young Canavan, I think. And you know they really done the homework well. So tactically, you can understand that they're very astute with with, with Jody here. His matchups all, all correct and done well. And their appetite for the game. Obviously, was second to none because you know the game was a draw after full time. Went to extra time, and the staying power, and the hunger for the game right to the final whistle. You know, they they deserved their victory. So they'll they'll they had like everyone else went and celebrated the win, and then they knuckle down probably on the Tuesday night and go, listen, this is the end of the road for us. We want to go a wee bit further. You know, if everybody was tipping Argyll here and the have why can't we be in their shoes? So uh, you know, all the all the pieces that are in. Uh, their court, they're probably coming in. Cross is probably slight favourites. I don't know what the crack is, but uh, Trillick will be coming in. They'll be happy enough to come in as dark horses, so to speak, and 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 go toe to toe again with her, with another really good team. to put one away. Why can't they do it again? You know.
0: I suppose Trillick. When we're speaking about Trillick, we spoke about Marty Donnelly being out. Um, and I suppose before we go on to the matchups, just a, a few of their big names Rory Brennan, Richie Donnelly, Lee Brennan. They do have that kind of experience, and I suppose in Lee Brennan, they have somebody that's going to, you know, has the ability to shoot the lights out. Brennan and, and Donnelly helping out around the middle of the field. So there's there's a lot of talent in that Trelick team, too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like it's no coincidence that the teams that are making it to the latter stages of these competitions are the teams that do have plenty of score, scoring options. You know, if you play in a team where you know you're solely reliant on one or two players, well, then if you shut them down, you know they're easily marked, and you know you don't have maybe three or four other scoring options. You know, that's the way it's going these days. You know, we need to have scores coming from all over the field. And uh, but as you mentioned, there's going to be a couple of good matchups there. I probably would presume that. Lee Brennan, he's going to probably sit in deep and probably cross his main marker to me so far in the championship. Probably would have been Chris Crowley. You know, Chris has been very good, very sticky marker. Um, like he was given a task in the county final against CalmoNeil and he passed that test with flying colours. Um, he definitely got the better of that tussle and. Probably against Lee, it probably would suit the likes of Chris, where you know the probably similar stature, similar speed, uh, and I think he probably will get that job, and it'll be an interesting tussle come Saturday night.
0: I think that, that's one of the big matchups for Cross and um, Paul is going to be possibly Crowley on on Lee Brennan and further out the field, um, just guessing obviously, but I think we're going to see Richie Donnelly maybe taking on Ashin O'Neill with Rory Brannon and um, going to to in around the middle and possibly following. And following him back if needs be, if Ryan goes into the full forward line. But I suppose, or, or, do you feel are they the matchups that, that we're looking forward to here?
2: Yeah, I'd say you're probably not far off the mark there. Listen, Oshina need to be looked after, and so will Richie Donnie. Richie Donnie's been playing out of his skin lately, and he's been very, very good. I think he had a hell of a game in the final. You know he's in he's in great he's in great nick and he he can he's a great engine and he'll be up and down the field so and Ashin you know he's he's had a great year too he's only come back from from a couple of years of, of you know desperate injury so he's he's getting better all the time as he gets out so it'll be it'll be a great uh, it be a great tussle between the two of them if if, if the two managers put them up against each other and then with young uh, Brennan going on to Rean as well I think you know Rean just judging by the games he's played so far he, he's floating between midfield forwards and and, uh, and defence sometimes in the full back lane clearing up stuff as well so he's really taken on that role of you know sort of a must do go to wherever have to be and he's done well so whether you man mark that or not is, or just wait for him to come up the field and mark him that's another thing they might just keep him keep the marker at, at midfield and wait for Rain to come on to to end an attack. So it's hard to know what way maybe Jody Garmy will, will, will go after that. But uh you know, you have a lot of matchups there which will be very, very interesting and they'll be it'll be keen to watch who, who goes toe to toe with each other.
0: So we spoke to Pascal Canavan during the week, obviously an Earl in man, so knows a lot about Trillick as well and knows um, a good bit about Cross having managed Armagh Harps this year, so we'll hear what Pascal has to say on the big game this weekend. So Pascal, with two massive games coming up this weekend in Oma, Armagh and double doubleheaders, that's, that's an attractive one?
4: Uh, it's a bit earlier than we thought that would be the case, alright aye, uh, but uh, brilliant. and. Uh, everybody looks forward looks to the club at this stage of the year and uh, there's not much else on in relation to clubs, games elsewhere. So uh, yeah, everybody's looking forward to uh, Oma now next, next weekend.
0: And I suppose the, the cully on for my one, it's going to be a big one obviously too, but the Trillac and Cross, I think most people thought it was going to be Cross and ergle and that yeah. um, obviously from your own plan is there's a bit of history there, but Trillac and Cross probably don't know a whole pile about each other, would not never have uh, cross th- cross paths or nothing, so it's it's going to be a new one for both teams.
4: Yeah, definitely. And see you see all the same names coming through from other counties. You have the cross Kilcoo, and uh, obviously Derry Gonneley, Scotchtown, all them similar names that have great experience. Uh, unfortunately, the throne it's very very difficult to do it back to back and get a get a, a, a second crack at it. Uh, so it leaves it a very new or novel fixture, surely. Um, so you have the experience of cross uh, versus just the maybe the hunger and appetite of Trillac so it's a hard one to gauge simply because uh, they haven't crossed paths but uh, again it'll not not hold Trillac back and I'm sure Cross is uh, looking forward to just recovering from their their maybe disappointment uh, of the performance they had last year.
0: I think that, that's been a big thing for them, having spoke to a few of the players and just interviews and all after the county final, like just getting that one back uh, after Bally Bay, that's a huge motivating factor for, for Cross.
4: Definitely, alright, yeah, it's bound to be, uh, because it was, you know, I remember watching the game last year, and uh, yeah, the fact, uh, just not that they were bit, but how they were bit and they were well bait, Uh probably Bally Bay were very underrated going into that game, they were far more experienced and better team than a lot of people give them credit for, but, um, no, Cross were caught in and, and Ulster and it's not too often the case that they had a very bad performance or b- poor performance in relation to their own standards. So uh, they'll be keen, uh, keen to get back now next next weekend uh, down in Oma, so uh, it leaves it very intriguing.
0: I suppose, Pascal, tell us a wee bit about Trillick because we know the Brennans and um, some of their big names, Richie Donnelly too, obviously. Uh, who who else have they? have they? They are obviously a great team, so who else should we be looking out for? Uh, well, there's, there's a right few
4: of them have played at um, Throne at some level, at underage and that, and maybe maybe they're not household names, but uh, they're certainly well-established and well-known uh, within Throne, and, uh, you know, it's been, it's probably been telling story all year, and that they've been coming through games, uh, not really been fancied, knowing that they're going to put up a performance, but not really been fancied, and uh, it's, it's probably the same case in Saturday as well. Uh, but they've had a lot of, uh, all their key performers have played well, and you, you're after naming them there. Uh, Richie Donnelly in the county final showed uh, why he's such a leader, uh, and he came good in the in big moments. Uh, Rory Brennan had a brilliant game. Lee, obviously, always would freeze, uh, with freeze, steady as always. But yeah, obviously, you have the next of um, the O'Donnells, the two O'Donnell lads, who are two good players. Um, I think they got a lot of their football from their mother's side. Uh, not from the DA's side and then uh, you have a young lad there's a young fellow McKay, that's coming through there who has been uh, just working his way into the team there his last couple of years and now he's got himself in he's got established and uh, so you have a lot of, you have a lot of players uh, like uh, young Daly as well who uh, has played for the under, uh, thrown under 20s and uh, not household names but very good players and uh, they know they know their game so well and they know how to play around each other's game. And I suppose they're, they're a better team than what a lot of people give them credit for. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they'll be looking forward now. Great excitement to uh, Saturday.
0: And I suppose with Matty Donnelly being out, it makes their winning throne much more impressive because he uh, everybody knows how good of a player Matty Donnelly is. But coming into Ulster now, like, is, he's going to be a huge miss not being available.
4: Definitely. Uh, and I suppose the last day Richie sco- stepped up and hit them big scores that sometimes you'd associate Matty with. Just not good scores, uh, but good scores at that time of the game. And sometimes, sometimes there's maybe there's maybe only a few players that'll, that'll take that on. Matty's definitely one of on, them. But uh, Richie didn't shy away from the opportunity uh, in the county final. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely, yeah, key players. Uh, you know, obviously Cross, have some key men missing as well. But uh, Matty, Matty's a huge, huge loss. He's very hard to replace. Uh, but what's Galvanised, Trilick is the fact that every time they've met a setback this year, it has galvanised them. It has thrown them on, and uh, they are—they're a—you they're, know—they're a better collective team maybe than some the, of their parts, if you know what I mean. And they're—they uh, do—they do work well around and play a certain style of football, and uh, it, it suits them well. They're hard to break down, um, and um, yeah. But uh, Matty, still—still still a huge loss. Eh?
0: And having come up against Cross Millen this year, Pascal, how difficult a, a job is it trying to, to pin down their best men and try to work their work them out, and obviously try to try to beat them. It's so we're talking off earlier. Like there's loads of teams that have got near to Cross, but it's it's beating them's the challenge.
4: There's a lot of hard luck stories though, uh, playing against Cross, but yeah, uh, you, you, you know they're they're looking at the, they probably have a lot of lot of leaders uh, right throughout right throughout their team. You know. Um, Obviously, Aaron Kiernan has stepped up to the plate and is still doing that. You know, he's still such an important player for them mm-hmm. and how he sets up and how he keeps them organized, and they look towards him. So he, when he's on the field, he's always a leader, and he, and he still very much is. Um, Callum Komiski, centre-half back, uh, obviously, is a leader. Uh, and He's a key key player in our ma. but he's also a very important player for um, uh, Cross. Uh, middle of the field, you have, um, you know, you have a number of players there. I know uh, Stephen Stephen Morris. I think he's very he's very highly rated down there, and uh, so you just seem to have leaders on on each lane lane of the pitch. Um, and when you go into the forward line, you have three or four men which you have to try and keep very quiet. And uh, when you have a you know you have a, every team has their markers, and they're, you're allocated maybe scoring forwards, but cross cross have the ability to, to um, get. Key men in the right positions, and it's not always the same player that does damage. So if you manage to keep Jamie quiet, obviously you'll have Rain, um stepping up. And if you manage to keep Rain and and, and Jamie quiet, well, obviously Kian McConville, you know, handles so much ball and such a dangerous player. Uh, and then obviously in the county final, you had Paul Hughes stepping forward to kick a couple of points, Rico coming forward uh, from full back line and knocking one over. So you have that quality on a, on each lane. Uh, but on any given day, you just don't know where or who's going to step up.
0: And well, I suppose cross the the thing with the Harps, Pascal was the goals that you got that day, and that has been a, a big talk on point about, about the cross defence. And is the goals there? Is the goals that you can get out of them? They've changed their keeper now, and Murray's back in net. So was that something that you were targeting? Pascal with balls into the square, or
4: yeah, well, I suppose it was it was a factor in s- the previous championship games that that. Cross have been involved in, so we were certainly aware of that. Uh, yeah, that they seemed to be suspect with a high ball going in there, and uh, I suppose it has been the case. And even the county final, with th- the change of keeper and maybe they made a, a change of personnel in the full back line. Uh, Still managed to concede a goal in there, so uh, yeah, I'm sure that's something they're very aware of. It's something that they'll be trying to um, eradicate out of their game. But um, this do seem to be a bit more settled now that this uh, they've got another keeper in who's, who's who's playing well, and he obviously missed a lot of their championship games earlier on in the year. But um, yeah, you know, I can't see Trillick just resorting to high balls going in. But uh, yeah, it, it it has been a factor. It was a factor with Cross. But I think they're working hard to address that. right?
0: I think the, the thing about Cross is you probably need to score 18, 19, 20 points to beat them because they're their scoring tallies that are always putting up, you know, I think they've got 2-16 in the final and I think they've got maybe 20, 21 points against yourselves. So to beat them, uh, uh, goals would help, but you do need to get, you know, 18, 20 points, don't you?
4: Well, you do, and just, just how they play, the, uh, obviously they are maybe trying to play a wee bit more defensive, but it's in their DNA just to play that traditional type of game, and that's that's how they go about it. And the, the kicking is on, they'll, they'll kick the ball, and they'll move it fast, they'll move it sharp. So they do create a lot of chances uh, for themselves, uh, simply with the speed, how they transition the ball from one side of the field to another. So, yeah, to adapt to that, or to try and bit cross, Yeah. I'd say 20, 20 points is probably the target in relation to, to beating them. Uh, I'm sure Tronc will be setting up a wee bit more defensively. They'll certainly be trying to hold them till a whole lot, you know, um, till a, a smaller a smaller amount than that. But uh, it's that's that's easier said than done, you know.
0: And who who do you think is going to win this one, Pascal? Because um, this is the hard side of the draw. I think the winner plays either Kilcoo or Scottstown. So this is, uh, this is a really big game for both Cross and Thrillic, and you, as I said, you know more about Thrillic than I do, so who do you see coming out on top here?
4: Well, I think Thrillic's, Thrillic's played under, uh, you know, the underdog yard very well this year, um, and uh, d- definitely there are definitely underdogs going in here on uh, Saturday night again. Um, you know, Cross have the pedigree, Cross have the experience of playing at this level. And it's one thing that a lot of thrown teams don't have. So um, when you have the quality of players, uh, you know, both teams, have there's quality on both sides, obviously. But uh, experience stands for a lot of the stage. And uh, that's definitely, uh, that's where Cross maybe have it over, over Trillick. So um, yeah, they're a fairly free scoring team. Uh, trillick has been very good defensively uh, throughout, um, you know, in, in competitions, just not this year, but in previous years, uh, Trillick have been, uh, you know, how to s- set up defensively, and uh, they'll be confident that, that they'll be able to do a job on Saturday night as well, uh, but I think that experience, and just the fact that, uh, as you mentioned earlier, that Bali Bay game from last year, is something that's probably burning in the back of uh, Cross Midlands mains, that they'll be keen to put that right on Saturday night.
0: So just before we finish up then, um, we we'll get a few predictions off you, Zas, Pascal and Sean for predictions, so I'll have to throw them across to you. Um, but I, I assume you're, you're going to go for an Armagh double here?
1: I'm hopeful of an Armagh double, to be honest. Um, I just think with the scoring power, I know we've mentioned it several times at this stage, Like, but uh, to get through a county championship by an average score of winning by 14 pints just shows the scoring power we have. I know Palmer, A, you know, they were winning their matches maybe by an average of five points right their championship and maybe four items as opposed to our six. Uh, I just think we've maybe got too much scoring power for them. I don't want to give them any motivation here if any of them sees this, but I think we've got too much scoring power for them uh, and we've got too many scores from different angles. Whereas I think if we got our matchups right and we sort of kept Frank Burns and uh, Kieran McGeary and maybe Jude Campbell, if we can keep tabs on them, and keep them boys quiet I think just the way to play defensively uh, I just don't think they're going to score enough to get themselves over the line. hopefully you can pip it by a pint or two uh, for the Culliana game and regards to Cross uh, again it's going to be a very tight game again as we mentioned before there is that wee bit of the unknown um, between Cross and Trelec they maybe haven't played each other before but I'm sure they'll both know loads about each other they would have done an awful lot of research there in the last couple of weeks uh, about each other and it's an intriguing matchup I think it's going to be a close game can go to the wire but with Fancy Cross in that one too
0: And Paul how do you see both games going on Saturday night?
2: Yeah I think Paul he's covered most of it there uh, listen it'd be great to have an AMA double going into Southampton <coughs> I think I think he's, he's correct in what he says. I think Hannah really need to push on here. You know, they have the players, they have the panel now to really make a go with this tournament. And the first step is here Saturday night in uh, in Oma. And uh, I really hope that the boys, you know, play to their potential. Again, as Paulie says, they've passed every test of playing colours that they've come across so far. There, uh, there'll be times that'll come on Saturday night where it'll get really, really tough. And uh, they'll have to, you know, really throw the shoulder to the wheel and, and go at the game. But uh, with their scoring power and and their team play that have been showing out throughout the entire championship, I think we can. I think Colyhan will probably chip in for four or five point victory. Uh, hopefully, ourselves, you know, I'm expecting a real cagey match. To be honest, you know, cross the way they've been going this last few matches they've been fairly tight in the first half and keeping things tight and defensive enough. And I think they don't i would say it to it'll probably be the same could be cage you know first half and not letting too much away and I think maybe you're going to probably wait till 40 45 50 minutes to see maybe someone break loose or some sort of play to lads getting tired and stuff and a few holes maybe appear in defences and then they'll go probably toe to toe and the game will will, will open up a wee bit but I do expect a, a tough nutritional affair probably Saturday night on a real battle but uh, hopefully hopefully, can Cross can share it by a point or two
0: Well, I'll go for an Armagh double too just to say for what it's worth um, just before we go um, I just want to send out our sympathies to um, to the Grimley family and the modern Club obviously we lost a dear friend in Potty Grimley this week um, not only Armagh TV but the sideline A2 he was a brilliant help to me last couple of years with notes and going to different games for me and helping with Team of the Week and different debates with them. So um lost a real a real true gale this week and just wanna send our sympathies to to the whole modern club and the Grimley family And um, before we wrap up. Um thanks to everybody for helping out this evening. Thanks to Paul and Paudi for being here. Thanks to Sean and Pascal for speaking to us during the week, and thanks to Sean Haggerty on camera here as well. So we'll be covering the game with previews, match reports, and hopefully a few interviews, um, following the results on, on Saturday night. So thanks everybody for tuning in, and big thanks to all our sponsors, for helping out with this event as well.